Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, Minor Nation? I'm Anthony Salome, a couple minutes late from the Minor Rush Studios. Blog Talk Radio. I don't, I mean, know, what's I don't know what's going on with that. What's good, though? Shout out to Austin, Texas. Shout out to the... Shout out to the message boards, everybody listening. Was hey, we gotta show some love, man. Everybody that shout out to Lubbock, Texas, coming out Texas Tech this Saturday. All the single ladies in Lubbock, what's good? (laughs) What's good? I might have to get a hotel room up there Saturday night, man. We got a good plan for you guys this 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 fine Wednesday evening. Uh, Coming off a uh, loss to to Arkansas, we'll talk about that. Um, wasn't exactly the, the the showing that we wanted, but I think we saw some good things. And, some things to take away, some things to chew on. And, for, yeah, definitely. You know, got a, got a, a match coming up against uh, Texas Tech that a lot of people think we we have a shot to to stay in and you know maybe give ourselves a shot at the end, something like we saw last year. We'll talk about that too. Definitely got some questions that we're gonna cover. A lot of questions, a lot of really really good questions on the comment thread that we're gonna go through. Uh, we'll touch on a little a small little tidbit of some basketball news that's tied in with the questions. Of course, we're going to go over our Conference USA Power Rangers to end the show. So let's jump right into well, it. Well, actually, let's talk about this. How about the, what, what's your other guy? We want to hear from you all, man. Or that. 347 Y'all listening out there, give us a call. Let's talk about this. Give us your thoughts on, on what happened this past weekend, what you saw, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you want us to build on. Um, you know, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the upcoming game. We'll talk some recruiting, whatever you want. Y'all give us a call, 347-934-0951. And as always, on the open thread and, and Facebook, Twitter, wherever else. Hit us up, and, and we'll get those conversations going. But, all right, let's jump into it, man. Go ahead. What do you want? What do you want to start with? Let's talk about last week. We'll, we'll start with last week, then, then we'll we'll transition into your questions and then tech to tech. But definitely, like Anthony mentioned, not the outcome that we wanted, uh, 48-13. I, uh, you know, it's crazy because it got ugly there in the first, what, five to seven minutes of that second half. And it's like, it's crazy because I say it's crazy because a lot of the Arkansas fans are giving us love because of the way that UTEP hung in. And the biggest thing that I took away from it is that it was 48-13, but we still had guys out there in practice mode. Yeah. It wasn't just a, well, we just got our ass beat. I just want to get back on the plane, get back to El Paso, go hook up with my girl again. You know, it was like, let's get better. We, you know, they understood what happened in the first half. We'll break all that down. But the biggest thing to take away from me is is that it's just the Sean Coogler mantra, the Sean Coogler program that he's running where guys are just not going to give up. And I think that's the biggest thing that you can take away from this. Yes, the turnovers were, were ugly. Um, you know, the game plan defensively, we can get into that too. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing that stood out for me is the way that's four quarters, and that's huge. That's really, really huge. We, I hate to bring this up, but we didn't see that in the Mike Price team. Yeah. We didn't see that the first year with Coogler was here. But I mean, really, you know, going into now the the schematic part of it, part of it, personally, and and you know, I try to be as non-homer as as I can. But I really think that game plan was an anomaly. I really think it was where we were just so concerned with the run game. Yeah. That first play, they open up play action. I Second mean, I, play, they open up three step drop and fight around. I just don't think we were prepared not, for that type only, of pass. It's not even so much as. as it's not so much that we weren't prepared as far as the game plan went. You know, they took advantage of our freshman corners. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew what they were doing. Exactly. They knew what to look out for. They knew how to exploit us. And this isn't a knock on our freshmen. You know, these guys are young. They're throwing out there into the fire. They did a good job for the most part. They all had good got, camps. Got beat on a double play. That, that, is, that is what it is. But, you know, what I take away from this, first of all, most important is that we stayed healthy. 
Exactly. You know, that that is huge, man. You go into these types of games, the one thing that you have to do is healthy. That's it. Because this game, in, in, you know, three, four weeks down the line doesn't mean anything. Right now, it's it's big in our minds and whatnot because it just happened. But three, four weeks down the line, we won't even really care about it. Is this is these are the games that just prepare you for the games that matter. And and so, the you know that one thing, stay healthy. But the, the the other things that I take away from it are are something that we already knew, which is that Aaron Jones is an absolute stud running back. Yeah. The guy is is a beast. The guy belongs on that level. The guy belong. That guy could play at Arkansas. That guy could be that starting running back at Arkansas. That's how good this guy is. And we have him here at UTEP. And that's something that we already knew, but it would, it just showed through there in that game. I mean, you're talking about 150 total yards, all-purpose yards receiving and, and uh, carrying the ball. Uh, but number one thing that, that I take away from this game was Mac Leftwich and his play, man. It was phenomenal. He had the one mistake, if you want to call it that. I know it was a tip, got intercepted. That was a tough break, and, and that set them up for an easy score. But for the most part, 9 of 14, 120 yards, managed the game, did what he needed to do, took care of the football, didn't make mistakes, and that's all you can ask of this guy. And, you know, I didn't know. It's not so much that I didn't think he could. It's that I didn't know if he could coming into this contest, and he definitely showed that he's ready and he's able to lead this offense. I'm, I'm glad you said that because we're, we're probably going to take heat about old Mac Leverage played well, even though he was 9 of 14 for 120 yards. But, I mean, I'm, I'm over here on Twitter teaching about why aren't we going three wide? Why aren't we spreading the ball out? But in in, in actuality, that was not the game plan. No, and, that, and that's not the game plan. That, they, that wouldn't have been. That would have been turnover city. So no. it's just like I asked Kugler on Monday about Leftwich, and not did he have a great game, but he executed that game plan. And and I'll take that interception away because that was a damn good play by that and the guy was open in the flat. That could have been a five to seven yard pickup. That wasn't a bad play call there. But you know, I really, I'm sitting here, you know, thinking back on it, and th- there's no re- reason to spread up the field. There's no reason to wide and to try to throw. And you know, it's it's always a given when you're down. What what do you do? You throw every down. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that that's kind of you know that's just football 101 for some teams, but. For us, it, it really wasn't, and I'm glad that it wasn't because that could breed bad confidence. That could breed bad, uh, breed bad habits, you know, and, and that could really tear down this team. And Leftwich just executed the game plan, and that's the type of guy that he seems like he's going to be. That's the guy when we were talking about him in the preseason about what, what to expect. We would expect Simpson to be that big game guy, the guy that's going to take the shots. And Leftwich is a guy that's just not going to make that make very many mistakes. Now, he did have a couple of bad throws that the receivers made some great plays on, but that was very, very telling and very promising to see what can happen when UTEP does have that balance where, yeah, they can open up the pass. But it's clear this game was just take care of that football, give it off to 2-9. And really, it was kind of a, a vanilla play that we've always complained about, but I think it was the perfect situation to keep us in the game because minus those two yeah. special teams turnovers, that game could have been a little bit closer. Either. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could have been. You know, those turnovers, first of all, are, are – me just um it's kind of to me that i i i i say it's all about fear i think that's why i think they go out there and they, they kind of make these mistakes because they i don't know if they're unsure of their abilities or or just just scared of the, the big man that's lining up, <laughs> up across from them you know what i mean i don't know what it is those type of things are just mental mistakes man that i that i kind of i i just i say it's all about being prepared or being I guess just being scared out there. I, I don't know how else to put it, you know. But you you definitely take away those mistakes, the bad snap, the, the muff. It was like what muff, was it a muff punt? Yeah, the third, the third, the final one. Um, it was a game was out of out yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, 
don't think the there, game was but... ever going to be won by the Miners, but that would have definitely made it a little more respectable and definitely made Arkansas think a little bit more because once they ran out to that lead, they kind of just they hit the cruise yeah, control. You know what I mean? Time. But I'll say this. A couple of things that I take away, good and bad, from the scheming or game planning, you talk about it being kind of vanilla, and it was, but I did like how they mixed in the Wildcats so much. Yeah. And Kavika's got to get a better grasp of, of when to hold it and when to, to, exactly when to go with it, when to hand it off. Because that was – you could tell there were just times where it wasn't flowing correctly. Third and big, – big play was third and eight. And, you know, Aaron Jones isn't a guy with very much body language. But it was a third and eight play, and Kavika kept it. And Jones had two blockers yeah. in space. And you can tell Jones was kind of – Jones is such a good guy where he's not going to show up. You yeah. can tell, like, bro, I think bro, if I'm mistaken, had... we're thinking about the same play. It even took a second to actually have that transition because Jones kind of held on to yeah. the ball for a yeah. second. And, then, and then, like, all right, let him go with it. And that's the type of guy Aaron is. Just as and a person those, things, those things will end up getting ironed out. And Kugler talked about the decision-making. So that's – you hit it right on the head as far as Kavika. But, you know, I like that. I like that wrinkle. And I like that it's much more than just a wrinkle. It wasn't – one play a quarter or whatever. They threw it in the series, if not more. Same and that, and that, was, that was nice. You know, it's nice to see that change up. Now, I don't know if you can continue to do that throughout the entire season as much as they did. I think that was a lot more just the fact that we were on a on – a, it was trying to even out the playing field and keep the defense off balance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so I think that's why they used it more in this game. But I like how they threw it in. So from, from I really like how they did that. What I didn't like – is how much they overused Aaron Jones at times, man. And I text you that, you know, during the game, it was like, don't try to kill it was this guy, man. Yeah, it was when, that middle of the third quarter. When things were getting away. And but... it was three consecutive plays. It was like two runs and a pass that they went back to back, back to back to Jones. And he's getting buried out there, man. He's getting yardage, but he's getting buried at the end of that play. And that's the last thing you want to see. I mean, you, you can't put him in that position over and over and over. Sooner or later – the inevitable is going to happen, and that's that's not something you and, want. And he didn't play the fourth quarter, so you kind of see that. And then also, too, the thing to look at, Trayvon Hughes got the carry of the game, too, which is kind of weird. The first, maybe the first one or two carries. So, yeah. you know, there, there was, I, I kind of like the way of that. Like you said, there was that stretch there where, yeah, they were kind of going to both kind of like, what, well, but it was definitely it was a smart game plan because they did spread it out. We saw a, a number of guys, you know, able to touch the ball. But I think the big thing going to the Wildcats, you talked about having it being a wrinkle and being an every down thing, but I think the next step, and I think Kavika, maybe, hopefully he showed it, even though he threw it two times, threw it two times, but how about on a second and seven, a second and six, how about we just go a straight drop back? Yeah. With, 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 with no motion. Yeah. You know what I mean? What I really think that Kavika, this, I think this Wildcat package is going to help Kavika take this quarterback position over. I really think it is. I really think that that you're just going to see him. him Yes, and you're going to see him each week make a different throw, a different play. A progression. A progression these weeks. By the time, you know, God forbid, we lose the game that we're not supposed to in conference play, you throw this guy in and it changes the whole dynamic. Nothing at all. I thought this guy guy proved himself this weekend, you know, but in my opinion, Kavika Johnson is the quarterback of the future. Yeah, and for we've, this we've team. said this in we've, February. We've, we've talked about it since he since he agreed to play here. You know, so I completely agree that this is a way to just kind of ease him in, ease him in, and who knows? Maybe it continues to go this route. Maybe Mac Leftwich steps up this weekend, makes some plays, and solidifies himself as the starter. Or maybe we he takes a step back and Kavika Johnson takes a step forward, and three or four weeks down the line, Kavika's the, the every down quarterback. 
So, I, I mean, I, I can't – I completely agree with you on that. I think, again, Kamika Johnson is the quarterback of the future, and, and I think they are easing him into a bigger and bigger role as the season progresses. Yeah, we, it, there's going to be a point. I, I really – I have no inside information, no basis. Just watching this kid from – not even really spring ball because he didn't participate in spring ball. Watching from the first day at camp to now, you just see that that progression is going to get better. And so the, I think the offense is in a really good spot as far as us be, not being so predictable. That's been the biggest complaint of the offense that we've had, you know, during Cooler's tenure. And I think we're just going to – I mean, hell, we ran the first trick play in the first two years. So I think – I saw screwed, the, screwed it up. What, what? We're talking about the fake punt, right? Which one are you talking about? Well, we won't get on the fake punt. But, <laughs> but, but either way, it, it was a, you know, it, it's good to see that there's trust. You know, there's trust in the system. There's trust with the players, and that's big, and that's what you, the UTEP offense needs. But really what, what impressed me was that run defense because you take away that 70-yard run by Alex Collins, and we're only giving up 3.4, 3.5 a clip, and that was huge because that was the deal. And like I, like I touched on the beginning, I, I think the defensive game plan was an anomaly, anomaly, whatever you want to call it. You know, the, the, those defensive backs were out on islands, like you said. It was tough. Their eyes were everywhere with the play action. You're, you're going up against Keon Hatcher, a guy that's one of the most been one of the most consistent playmakers in the SEC over the past couple of years. And now, oh, Arkansas doesn't pass. Well, just look at his stats from the past couple of years. The guy is consistent. He's good for a catch every game, a big play. So I really think that the secondary is going to grow. And I was just really impressed with our front six. I really was. I was worried. About, we talked about on the podcast. I was worried about them hammering us with the run. And our guys, Jimmy Musgrave, our, the two seniors, Musgrave and, and Roy Robertson, even when the game was getting ugly, these guys are still getting after their unit. They're still playing hard. They're still out there knocking heads. And that is huge. And I think our defensive line is going to be better than we originally talked about last week. That was a huge concern of mine coming in. But I think we came out of it knowing that we have a pretty solid front six. Just got to stay healthy. Each week, the game plan's got to change. And obviously, this week's game plan will be totally different. But I was impressed by our run defense. Secondary, like I said, it, it that was, to me, it was a nolly. I can I would judge them a lot more and a lot better after this week, obviously, because they're going to see 50 to 60 pass attempts that they're going to have to attempt, uh, have to you know defend. But I, I just really think that there is some pieces on this defense in that secondary with a game plan where it's you kind of know what's going to happen. You know Texas is going to throw over 50 times. How do they react? How do they uh, respond from that performance to a week of preparation this week? And the next thing I, I got on a, a UTSA uh, Twitter handle, they're talking about how bad the UTEP secondary is. And I said, young, yes, bad, let's wait on that. Let's wait until these Man, next two all, weeks They're all before. happy because they, they hung with Arizona for three quarters. Yeah, and then and, you know, and they're, so they're, they're announcing we'll their quarterback. But, but I just I really feel that the defense, our front six took, front six took a huge step, and I think that's going to pay dividends. And like we talked about last week, it's going to be a progression with this team, just like it was last year. They're going to find their niche. You got Brandon Moss moving the corner back today we'll touch on that obviously but, but you know it, i just think that this is going to be a work in progress but this th there's got to be some type of improvement even if tech throws for over 350 even if if we get gashed on a couple plays i just want to see improvement from week to week to week until we hit that beginning of conference play with ucsa we have three games to iron out all those issues and i think the coaches staff they proved last year that they're able to mold that in Let's see how, how it goes after game one. I'm not ready to write off that secondary just yet because no, they're so not. young, definitely so not. young, a lot of talent. But I think there's some not to mention that, that uh, and I can't think of the kid's name off the top of my head, but 
You're talking about the guy that that Caleb Beverly was guarding. Was yeah, that, Keon Hatcher. That's, Keon Hatcher. that's, that's yeah. their best wide receiver, a senior, a, 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 a guy that's been in the SEC for four years already. You know, they, they, we're not talking about some scrub that went out there and and then know, we would have a problem. Him. And it wasn't like Kalon was getting beat by three or four steps. The guy was getting one step on him, and that's all he needed. All it was was just some 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 technique tweaking that he needed. That's his, all it his is. eyes and were that, in the wrong that place. Will happen. That second. will happen. But another couple takeaways that I want to talk about real quick and, and that need to continue to happen if we want a chance this weekend and so on down the line. Um, penalties, only 2 or 15 yards. That's huge, man. And, you can, and because, both of them weren't dumb penalties. Yeah, either. and, and any time that you can do that, cut down on your mental mistakes and, and – and, not give the other team free yards, you're automatically going to have an advantage. Especially in week one. Especially in week one, you're automatically going to have an advantage. The second thing is time of possession. Now, we, we had the ball for more than 35-43 to 29-19. I know they put up 48 points. I know that that 29 minutes means that they only needed so much time to score. But a couple things need to be factored into that. A couple times they had a short field. I believe three times they had a very short field. So 21 points were scored in probably just five minutes. Okay, so that's got to be factored into that. But regardless of that, if they are scoring quick, think about this. If that type of possession was flipped and we were, you know, they had the ball six, seven, eight minutes more than us, how much worse would that score be? I got shut out. so, So that's something to consider, and that's something to build on. We need to continue to control the tempo, control the game, and and it'll give us a better chance in some of the things that we match up a lot better in starting this week. And that time of possession is a couple of ticks under what we averaged all last year, which was second in the NCAA. So, and, and, and El Paso Times wrote about that. And, you know, that's that's a tiny victory in the war. You know, it really it is. is because it just shows that that offensive line is able to hang against – I mean, damn, I saw two NFL tackles on there. That Hodge kid from Arkansas, God, yeah. his technique from the three technique, oh, my God. He, he probably isn't going to get an SEC recognition, but I guarantee you there's a good NFL scout that watched that film and watched how he was able to kind of shred our offensive line. And our offensive line held our own. No sack. The only sack was on a boot. Uh, and, and, you know, those are – you can kind of give those up, you know, either way. It's not really a sack when your quarterback's moving out, especially on a naked boot like that. But I, I agree with you. That time of possession is huge in the penalties. That's got to continue. And that's – those are the two keys, really, for next week. So – Scrums up this Arkansas game, Dude, throw it in the trash, and you know what? That's a, Arkansas is a damn good football team. Their yeah. defense, I think their defense may struggle against the kind of the better offensive teams in the SEC, the more established offenses. But but I think that I think their offense now with that passing game, if that passing game is consistent, I think they're definitely a top three team in the SEC West, not the SEC, yeah. and but maybe in the SEC West, you're a top three team in there. So and and a lot of times that's that's just as good. That's, yeah, you know exactly. so. Anyway, so I mean, we move on. It was a tough loss, but there is a winnable game. Let's hit some of these questions, man. I was really, really impressed with some of you guys' questions. Kind of the same thing that, you know, I wanted to talk about in a sense, too, and I, I really wanted to know. So let's start off here. The kind of the big news, I guess, today was Brandon Moss moving to cornerback uh, uh, from receiver and minor money on the uh, comment thread asked, is Moss ready to start against a serious opponent? given that his whole preseason was geared up in preparation for playing wideout. I really think he is. You know, I, I think I think that's probably the smartest move. The, the first, I mean, we're obviously in week one, but that's chess piece move number one that's really going to help out. I mean, this is a guy, I, I watched a lot of Brandon Moss play at, at Chapin, 
and the guy is a really, really good athlete. And I, it's kind of disappointing because I was really high on him as a receiver and he never really came out and, and, and broke out and had those big 20 to 30 catch years, 500 yards, just kind of, you know, a, a, a base for him. And I think with his athletic ability, that is a great move. You're talking about a 6'2 guy that has length, that has speed, that, that has experience. experience That's over everything, the experience. The defense is tough to learn. I've talked to a lot of these secondary guys over the past couple of years, and the number one thing when we talk about the defense and them learning it, they always say, oh, it's a difficult defense to learn. But I think it's a guy like Brandon that's going to be playing out in the corner. I think he's going to help out in the man coverage department. And I think zone, you'll see him kind of, you know, work his way into it. But I think right away, being that that man cover guy, giving us some hands out there on the outside for a possible interception in a 6-2 guy that in the jump ball situation. So I think he's – I really think he's going to be thrown in the fire. You know, now I could be wrong. He could be a guy that could come in maybe fourth, fifth on the dime package or whatever, maybe a corner. But this is a guy that I really think I could see him jumping in the fire and really doing well, just being raw, not really knowing much, but just being an athlete – and being able to transition and being able to cover. So I think that's a great move by the staff. And I think that's a huge, huge chess piece that the defense really needed, particularly on, in the corners, because Sean Robinson's still on the men. We're not sure about him. It'll but definitely what would give you us some experience and some depth out there. But, you know, I'm I'm not ready to just say that, that it's going to be a, a surefire move come, come week two against Texas Tech. I don't know that, that you can just make that kind of move and just be thrown out there. Uh, I'm sure at some point in his life, Moss is probably – yeah, he played DB you know, at, at uh, he played safety more so, at Chapin. So even that though, you know, you talk about playing three. Was been is he a junior? Or was he? He's a junior. Yeah. So you talking years, about playing three or four years ago in high school, and then just being thrown out there against probably one of the top passing offenses in in the Big Twelve or maybe a country, <laughs> you know. So just thrown out there and and expected it to produce. I don't know that I can I can say that right away. I don't think. We should expect that of him. But I think over time, he'll turn out to be a very good corner for this team. Um, but, again, it's, it's just going to be tough for him to, put out, to be put out there right away. I mean, in coverage, one-on-ones and whatnot. Um, guys like, like these receivers that you're going to see from Texas Tech are, are seasoned and, and they know how to beat corners. They know they how to you know, double sleep. moves, exactly, <laughs> these routes. They, that, and that's a lot of times that's what being a good receiver is, man. Obviously, you've got to have hands, but it's a lot about your routes. And if you can if you can put these double moves on corners and just get yourself a step like we saw in our Arkansas game, you know that that's a lot of the times enough to give you that that ball and break away for a score. When you have a guy that that like Moss is going to be thrown in there, he's probably going to be a little more aggressive, you know, either mm-hmm. aggressive or timid. He's either going to be yeah, sitting, yeah, sitting back yeah. a little point, bit, or point. he's going to be trying to jump stuff. Yeah. And and either way, it's not it's not a it's not it can't it can be a good thing but it's not a great thing you know to start off i think it'll take him some time to kind of get used to how to cover guys out there on the outside um again though in the long run depth experience should be a real good thing for the miners i'm, I'm excited to see him i just want to see him get on the field it's a, you gotta have cool little stuff about putting your best best athletes on the field. that's a big time example over there so really good question really good thing to watch especially because like i said i really i don't know if he's going to come out in, in and, and have four or five pass breakups interception. But I think we'll, we do got to put this guy in. You're going to need him, especially if Tron isn't ready. So that's something to watch. Uh, Minor Money had a second question. This is, really, this is a t- this isn't on both of us, I'm pretty sure. What other measures can be installed to shore up a thin secondary? And my response on this is just game planning. Yeah. You know, I, I think big time is just game planning. 
I don't think that, like I said, like we talked about in the open, we stacked the box. We had seven or eight guys, maybe even nine, with a safety and our corners out on the on on the outside. <clears throat> That's it's gonna come down to game planning each week. You gotta help your pass. You gotta help the pass rush first and foremost. Yeah. That's really where I, where I see us in improving the secondary is making the quarterback make a mistake and not let him sit back there and just read coverage and read man and read read a, a corner's hips or read a corner's eyes and see all his eyes in there. Because that's what Brandon Allen was probably doing. He was probably taking that snap, looking at, at where Kalon Beverly's head is and automatically knew one, two, three, let Hatcher get the field and boom. Yeah. So I think big time is game planning and that game planning slash pass rush because in our defense, the game planning can, can help the pass rush with so many blitzes that we throw out. I hit the nail on the head with that because – First of all, it's too late in the season. I mean, you got one move in Brandon Moss, you know, to, to move him across the ball. Which is a supplemental move. Exactly. But, but it's too late in the process to start moving a bunch of guys around yeah. and start pulling red shirts or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, you've got your guys out there, and that's that's what it is, and that's what you go with. But I definitely think you hit the nail on the head with, with first of all, the defensive pass rush. they got to get to the quarterback, especially in a game like this. If you give him time to throw, they'll sit back there and shred you all game long. And that is leaving your corners out on an island. That's leaving them out there to fend for themselves, and that's that's not a recipe for success. So that's that's number one. But also, you got to know where you're on it. You know, when you talk about the difference between Arkansas and, and Texas Tech, you also hit it on the head in saying that we stack the box against Arkansas, and again, you leave your your corners out there on an island. You leave them one on one, and and that's just, you know, it, it's hard for them to cover one on one. It's hard for any corner to cover one on one, especially with without getting pressure. If there's pressure and it's a quick throw, it's kind of, I'm not going to say it's easy to cover, but it's easier to cover. If you're out there trying to guard guard a guy for three, four, five seconds, it's too hard to just stick in his hip pocket. Especially it, with it, no it, help. It's impossible. Top. And now that you've got a team like Texas Tech, you don't have to worry about the run as much. Now you don't have to stack that box. You go back you, to your base defense. You go back to your base defense. And now you do have that help over the top, and it, and it helps your corners, your young corners out. Again, there's as far as being thin or inexperienced, I mean, that's just, time and the th- being thin, you're not going to be able to do anything about it at this point. But from game to game, game planning, and again, just getting that pressure on the quarterback will help these guys be more successful. No doubt. That, that's really the main key in helping. That's what we didn't get Saturday. I think we could yeah, see a different change. Get any coming pressure Saturday. at all, yeah. man. And, and, that's that a, and, that, and that's a credit to Arkansas offensive six, line because six, they, six, were, three, they were working. They, we, and we, and six, six, three, 30 we is a roadblock, They were working out there, bro. I mean, I mean that, if anybody likes to Offensive line, <laughs> go find that game film and, and, and get your get your roll on that one. But uh, anyway, oh, I'm a shit, fool, man. man. It's uncensored, so I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> but uh, also, minor money throws a good question about Matt Williams, and I want to get to Matt Williams at the end of the podcast. So if you are listening, tune in for that question. I want to hear what's up with Matt Williams. I got some inside information on you that we'll drop to, or we'll drop at the end of the podcast. So we'll save those questions. I had a good question about Romine too, but we'll keep, we'll keep it strictly football for right now. Uh, but appreciate minor money for taking the time. Let's go to kid minor talking about the quarterback outlook. Good questions here. Will we see Simpson at quarterback sometime during the game and how much of the wild minor do you think we'll see? And will it be effective? First of all, on Simpson, I don't think we'll see him yeah. this week because uh, uh, basically Kugel already said he's still hobbled. So pretty much throw Simpson out the window. I don't think we'll see him until he's healthy. Um, right now, Mets is that number two guy, and I think Simpson has earned that spot to where he comes back. He doesn't have to earn it back. I think he had a strong enough camp where he'll come back and be in the secondary. But that high ankle sprain, like Cooler said, takes about three to four weeks. I want to say we're in week three now, so maybe next week uh, we can see Simpson back, but still think he's going to be that number two guy. Yeah, but I think, he's going to be right there. I think, you know, 
for the most part, Leftwich has the job locked up. Yeah. I think they wanted Leftwich to earn it and win the job from the beginning. That's why you bring a guy like that out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they were looking for him to kind of prove that he could lead this team. And I think what he showed in week one, he did. But I think on that second part of, of the wild minor, I think we talked a few minutes ago in saying that they are going to continue to use that. And it's almost, we think it's a key to, to work Kavika Johnson more and more into that starting lineup. So I think Simpson, I think, I think, um, I just don't see him playing at quarterback this year anymore, man. I know it's only been one week and anything can happen, but with the, with the timing of the injury to put him out, like that kind of solidified left with yeah. as the starter, you know what I mean? And so, so timing of the injury, it couldn't have been worse. But that put him out three to four weeks, and it puts Leftwich in the starting job, and it puts Kavika in a place where he's thrown in there a lot more too. And I just think those are the two quarterbacks that we're going to see the most of going forward. Yeah, and that's no knockoff Simpson. Just that, like you said, timing was just horrible for Gary. Yep. And I feel for him because the guy's hard. He's really, really improved. I mean, 360 degrees. If you guys were able to see the couple of scrimmages in camp, you would agree with me. The guys, you know, I heard that were out there. So, I mean, it's it's just tough timing for him, um, you know, for him to, to have that type of injury in the way that he has. I don't even want to laugh at him about it because it's tough. I mean, you know, it's just, it, it, being, a, being a, a fellow former athlete, you know, I know how tough that is where you're doing something well and something that's not even in the game plan or not even in practice. Something more you, you can hear. control. Yeah, something, I mean, something you can control by not jumping in the air, but at the same time, you know what I mean? It's something out of your control. So just, it really pains me to even kind of talk about Garrett because I really thought he didn't have that ankle injury and he would have continued that last scrimmage. I think there was no way you could not keep him out of the starting spot. And I think that's why it took so long to name a starting quarterback. Because I think they wanted to, to name Mac Leftwich, but they almost couldn't yeah. name. It, it's like you couldn't. You had to verify give. that he wasn't going to be good. Well, you just couldn't. Yeah. Like It's like you want to give one guy the job, but the other guy is just as good, if not earning it more than. You know, I'm not I'm not saying Mac Leftwich didn't earn it, but I'm just saying, like, you got another guy that's 6'6 with a rocket arm, and, like, he's got all the tools, and he's like. He's right there, and you, you're like, I want to give it to this guy, but this guy may deserve it more, and I don't know. And once that injury happened, it's like, okay, man, go with this guy, and then their answer solidified. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely agree with that. But I, I think at some point we'll see Simpson maybe in the backup role, but just not not until he's fully healthy. So appreciate Kid Miner, big fan of the rush, always out there showing his love, showing it back to you, answering your question. Miner Lifer, he's worried about this one despite what happened here last year. Um, you know, this is basically his question is, how long does Texas Tech quarterback usually stand in the pocket before he delivers the pass? We'll get to that one. Um, watching them on Saturday, it's a mixture. You know, they have their quick hitters. They're going to take shots. Um, they have a tremendous offensive line that's going to go out there and provide uh, provide great protection. But the, the thing really that's key in this game, and I wrote about it in, in the, five, the five players to watch is Mahomes can really move around. And I don't think uh, – I mean, it's kind of weird if I say this because every quarterback needs time, but a guy like Mahomes really doesn't need that much time because he can make – if it breaks down, he's going to make plays with his feet. But they're going to they're gonna throw a mixture. And I, what I really think Texas Tech is going to do is try to get their speed guys, their grants, Lauderdales, will get into their personnel a little bit more. But I think they're going to try to get those guys in space, really. So we could see a mixture of both, especially against UTEP's uh, blitzes. We could see them try to – beat our blitz to a certain spot. You know, they could be watching a couple pass blitzes from last year and know, you know, hey, if they send a safety over this side, 
bubble out this way. You know, this. So I, I really think that it's going to be a mixture. I think how as far as their dropbacks and their progressions and, and their play calls is really going to depend on how aggressive UTEP is. But I really think that they have that kind of flexibility with their offensive line to because quick hit to take shots downfield to let him read through his progression. So I think we're going to see a mixture of, of a lot of different type of pass plays involving, like I said, getting the receivers in space, protection, and letting him throw the ball down the field because I'm a damn good quarterback. Man. Yeah, he is. Um, you talk about what he did. I'm trying to find the number. I know they, they did over 600 yards. We go. I mean, the guy threw 425 yards last week. And granted, it was against Sam Houston State, but – Anytime you're throwing for over 400 yards, that's that's and there was damn, eight drops in that number. game, and two of them were touchdowns. I will say this though, and this is taking a step aside from the question. Um, I think this game for the Miners is going to be put more. It's going to be won if they win it, or if they're able to 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 control the the offense of Texas Tech, if you want to say. It's going to be done on the defense end. They're going to have to. That, that came out wrong. They're going to have to control the time possession to keep the offense off the field. If that, you know what I'm saying? Like, gotcha, gotcha. That, that's what's going to win this game. Sam Houston State was able to run 637 total yards against this team and, and had four turnovers. You know, we're talking about an FBS school. Now, I'm not saying that Sam Houston State's not good. I really don't they're, know anything about it. They're good. They're, 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 they're the of, number one FCS team. Okay, so even at that, though, you're talking about 637 yards of total offense at a Big 12 school. That, to me, regardless if you're one of the better FCS teams, that's a bit much. And it was all speed. They, they really – they were more of a spread, fast-tempo type of team that had a really good running quarterback. They got their guys in space, and they really they, – they shook Texas Tech defense. It wasn't running over them. Their offensive line did a pretty good job, even though they – I think it was like five or six TFLs, and they – did allow some sacks that opened in. But for the most part, their speed was a was hard for Texas Tech to contain. It wasn't anything special. I mean, really, they're a fat. They didn't. If they would have controlled the ball instead of just trying to snap it, this new craze in college football, get up and snap it, mm-hmm. they would have had a chance, like you said, where you're talking about keeping Texas Tech on the offense off the field. But they score so quick, they would have those gas type of plays where they wouldn't let their defense get a, get a chance. But that that's kind of the big advantage for us offensively yeah. because they had trouble. With the running quarterback, we've been talking about we've been talking about the Wildcat. I really think as we get into our preview here in a little bit, I think that's going to be a big key. So, I mean, really, we're going to see so many variable factors that could come into us keeping you know this game close. And one of them, going back to to minor lifer's question, is keeping him in the pocket and really getting after him. That's what we did against Davis Webb last year. We didn't have any sacks against Texas Tech, but I could. Off the top of my head, about five to ten times of getting flushed and having to make plays or not making plays. I think he was 17 out of 31 last year. I, that's pretty damn good against a Texas Tech quarterback. If you can hold him to just 30 pass attempts and keep him, you know, relatively under 50%, that's success. So it's not so much bringing him down, just not making him, not letting him dictate where that ball is going to go or in basically like his question. So it's gonna, that's going to be a big, big factor. It's, it's, not letting him get comfortable, not letting him get outside the pocket, and not letting their offense click. Seem like big, you know, broken plays kind of get their offense going. Too. Definitely so. got to keep him inside the pocket because with an offense like this, when everything's so spread out, you know, if you let him break, break contain, that's that's when things get out of hand. That's when 
he I don't even know much about him as a rusher. I don't think he's he's much of a rusher. He can move. I watched him move around. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he rushed five times for 48 yards. He's a, and I'm going to say baller, that a bro. few of those were probably some big gashes that he yeah. that he had on some Two or three of them. You know, you you got receivers streaking downfield. You know, they're not able to hold contain. You break the pocket and you're you're in the open because there's nobody yep. there. So that's definitely something. That's definitely guy. something that they're going to have to do is keep him in the pocket. Let's go to life for a second question. What type of offense is best suited to beat UTEP before any pressure gets to the quarterback? No huddle. It, it really, they're going to run no huddle. There's no doubt about it. it. It's what I talked about earlier, these quick hitters where you get guys out in space. And UTEP is going to run a lot of man coverage. That's what they do now. There's going to be more help on the side or more help over the top, more help deep. But I think this game, you're going to see Jakeem Grant get more. Uh, Jakeem Grant is Texas Tech receiver. You're going to see him. UTEP had a tough time with him last year. So I think really you're going to see their speed guys against some of – it's just going to be matchups. That's really what is going to be – the type of offense that can beat UTEP is that matchup offense where UTEP's sending a blitz and you have one of your fastest guys just curling right behind that, and it's a quick hitter. And I think those those are the type of offenses that are scary, and Texas Tech is one of them because what was exposed last week, something that we haven't touched on, tackling. The game tackling was great in our front six, but our secondary really, really struggled with wrapping up. So if I'm Texas Tech, I'm exposing that, and I'm putting my Jakeem Grants, I'm putting my Lauderdales, I'm putting a, a guy, another guy of running back, Justin Stockton, that we had with getting those guys in space and, and making UTEP respect that speed they can send everybody. That is really how you kind of beat the, the UTEP defense. So that's a damn good question uh, from Minor Lifer on the uh, comment thread. He threw another one. Uh, pretty much the last question that we'll cover before we jump into our Texas Tech preview. Um, the status of Ishmael Harrison, Ish, man, we could have used him. I mean, this is a guy that trans, uh, kind of did exactly what Brandon Moss did. He was a receiver, transferred a corner, had a rough year in 2013 like everybody. Last year, towards the middle, towards the end of the year, we talked about on this podcast how Ish Harrison was our best cover corner. And the thing with Ish right now, he's got a torn quad. That's really tough. Kugler's not saying the, the full season. But, I mean, that's something that's going to be tough to get over. I don't think we would see Ish this season. If we do, it may be middle to late November. But that's a tough, tough injury. Now, he's out there every day. Every practice I've gone to, Ish is there. He's had – I even had to ask Kugler one time, hey, you know, what, you know, you just don't see that. Yeah. But, you know, this is a guy that, that's going to be sorely missed. And like I said, November just maybe the bowl game. But, you know, he. I really hope that if he is out for the season that we can get a red shirt on this guy, medical wrestler, because Ish Harrison was having a tremendous, tremendous camp, and he's a big part of this defense. So appreciate y'all dropping comments on there, uh, dropping questions. We're here for about another 30 minutes or so. So if you got any questions on Texas Tech, hit us up, man. We'll get those answered. But the big one this weekend, man, the 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 big game against a power five opponent on the road where I feel we match up against them well. Offensively, defensively, I think our front six matches up, can give their offensive line problems. But at the end of the day, Mahomes is a damn good quarterback. I mean, their receiving core is just ridiculous. They had over 10 guys catch balls. I mean, this team, this Texas Tech team, I really feel is the most explosive offensive team they've had because, number one, it starts with their quarterback, Mahomes. The guy just does it all. He can every pretty much every throw like I said he was 33 out of 53 but had eight drops and two of them were touchdowns I mean that's that right there should tell you 
how good this guy is now. And, and Sam Houston isn't a pushover. You, you know, that, I really think that team has has some some athletes where they can hang in. CUSA watching that game. I watched that game from the jump. It's going to come down to our offense controlling that football. We've talked about it. We've hammered it. Our best defense is our offense, man. That's exactly. what I was trying to say a few minutes ago. You know, you talk about Texas Tech, and everybody knows about their passing game. You know, you talk about Patrick Mahomes, and the guy passed for 400 yards, 425 yards, four touchdowns, only one interception. Um, you talk about his, his options out on the outside. A guy like Jakeem Grant, six grabs for 71 yards. That guy's a stud right there. Underrated. And that doesn't, even, that doesn't even touch what Devin Lauderdale did. Devin Lauderdale is is a star out there, man. Eight catches, 150 yards, two touchdowns. He, he, He's almost unguardable. Remember, uh, remember Bradley Marcus from last year that towards UTEP? That's um, his replacement. The guy with the long jersey had the two touchdowns. That's Bradley Marcus' re- yeah. replacement. He's a talented kid. And, and you're talking about a guy not very big, 5'10", 176 pounds, but great speed and great hands, great moves, great route runner. And he's just going to be extremely tough to cover. But what we haven't talked about is the fact that in all of this, and you're talking about a Sam Houston State team that is one of the better teams in the FCS, However you want to, you know, however much means to you. But this team, Texas Tech, still rushed for 174 yards. And they have the best running back in the Big 12, in my opinion. And and DeAndre Washington is definitely a talent. But the problem with, with defending him is you put it's, – it's the opposite of last week. Now you put so much concentration, so much effort guarding the outside, and you don't stack that box, and it leaves him wide open. He breaks one tackle, and he's gone for 10, 15, 20 plus yards. So that's something that this this Texas Tech team offensively, I think, is more balanced than we saw last year, or than we've seen the, the times that we played them. Um, that's going to be extremely tough to be able to balance guard these guys on the outside that are great talents, and still being able to keep DeAndre Washington in check. So do you put that on the linebackers? Is that going to have to – they're going to have to be it's assignment be. sound. It's they're going to have to be technique sound because, you know, they're, they're not going to line up and, and run it, you know, line up and turn around and hand the ball. No, this is going to be you, – you, you're going to – you've got to be able to read what they're going to do. I, I didn't notice as much – I've noticed in the past in play so there's so much motion going on, obviously with the spread, but I didn't notice that much motion. It was really, you know, just line up, you know, make your changes, make your calls, whatever, your, your checks and go, which I think is even tougher because you're sitting there on your heels. If they throw three times in a row and, you're, you know, they're hot, and all of a sudden it's a draw to, to DeAndre Washington, and, and Jimmy Musgrave's feet are going towards the pass, but his head is still on the run, well, we have a problem there. Yeah. So I, I really think that this is – we talked about last week about technique with the with the secondary and man coverage and getting their eyes crossed. And now this is a lot of pressure on our linebackers. Now, great. Thank God their experience. God, Musgrave has really turned into possibly still growing, maybe possibly could be one of the best <laughs> linebackers in conference USA. Jury's still out on that, but the guy's proven that. He proved it last week against the against the SEC offensive line. So line, it's going to put a lot of pressure on these linebackers. Also, watching the way Mahomes moves, I think we, we you got to have some type of defensive line spy a safety spy, somebody that has a certain assignment to either watch the quarterback or watch one of these ball carriers. Because like you said, that really kind of, that, that's, that could be an area where they just expose us on that run because we're, our assignments are off, our eyes aren't where it's supposed to be. And DeAndre Washington is a tremendous talent. I think you could see this guy playing on Sundays next year. That's how talented he is. So it's really going to come down to that front six. 
being able to control the run game. No not so much. It, it. That we, you know, I'm not and you that. have to be able to control it with yeah. the front six. You can't allow less than five. Less you, than you, five you yards. Can't, you can't take more guys and put them up there to, to help you stop that run game. You have to control it with the front six. And and but again, going back to just this is definitely the the most balanced offensive team that we've seen. I'm looking at these numbers here, and I don't know. I didn't get to watch the game, so I don't know how many of these came late in garbage time and whatnot. But you're talking about 31 rushes and 34 passes, man, or 34 receptions, I should say. 31 rushes, 57. They threw like passes. a motherfucker in the first half. So, so the, they, most of the runs probably they did, they did come in the second half. Well, if that's the case, that definitely skews that stat a little but, bit. But at but the same at time, that, just to jump in real quick, they did have a 30 point lead that were able to kind of move the ball. With, so you. Know, you 31 rushes, though, man, that's, that's going to be something that you have to keep an eye on. Again, you've got to be able to control it with the front six. If we can't stop it with the front six and we need help stopping it with, with a couple of these guys in the secondary, that just it opens up a can of worms, and, and, and it's going to be a, a, another long night. Don't like, put up a 50 spot Oh, easy, easy. And, and, and that's the other thing. Talking about being able to control the game with the tempo and controlling type of possession, we have to keep this game in the in the 30s like we did last year. You know, low 30s at most. We can't. I don't. I don't even know if this offense is, is built to go score 42 points. You know what I mean? Unless we're running for 350 yards, yeah, which, which is, is possible. possible but this, you know, Sam Houston State ran for 320 yards. I'm sorry, no, it was 317 yards against them. So it's possible that we can rush for over 300 they yards. 6.9 yards. Yeah, wow. that, that 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 shows you that Texas Tech is gonna allow us to run. The other thing though is. They did rush for 317. They passed for 320, so they are more balanced than we are. And that that keeps Texas Tech's defense off balance. Yeah. So, And that's something that, that they are going to be able to load the box a little more against us. So I'm not, not saying we can or we will or we won't get 300 yards, but it's definitely a different game plan for Texas Tech coming into our game as it, compared to what it was against Sam Houston State. But, but again, we have to be able to control that, that time possession, keep that scoring low, because if it gets into the 40s, you know, even – I don't think I don't think we'll be able to outscore them. Yeah, it's, I mean, gonna be we, this is we gotta basically have an average of four to six yards per carry. I mean, that's gotta be the number one statistical thing that you gotta put out there. You gotta be able to to move that ball every time. No negative plays. Negative plays is the devil with this offense. <laughs> you know, it really is. It, it's it's it just. I mean, it can't happen. It really can't happen. The offensive line really has to be sound on the run assignments. We can't have any type of of mistake, any type of slip up, because that's really what they did to Sam Houston State. They were able to get back there, put them in that third and long, and use their athletes. Their defense has some pretty good athletes. Michael, uh, uh, I don't know, I said his name, Ah, Awe, A W E. That's how you spell it. But the kid is up. He was everywhere. And if Cougar is expecting their other big linebacker, Pete Robertson, who or Robertson or Robertson, was very very impressive. Big Twelve, all everything. If those two guys are in the middle, that's really going to be that's going to change the game plan when you have those two guys. We're going to see three man fronts, more than likely we're going to see more four man fronts. But this is a defense that's going to kind of change it up. They're I, I kind of almost kind of sort of want to put them kind of comparing it to UTEP where they will blitz, they will send some guys. But it's going to be interesting to see how they prepare for this run attack that they're expecting because they use a lot of three man fronts and like I said, Sam Houston was a spread team. They really put their speed out on the outside, let their quarterback do his thing. So it's, it, it, just like UTEP is on the defensive side, how they're going to have to adjust from going from a power run to an air raid, 
Same thing for Texas Tech. So hopefully that could be kind of an advantage where offensive line can just get a push, and that's going to be key. Number two that I feel the statistical things that we have, we have to be plus two on turnovers. We can give up one. That's fine. But we got to get three. You know, there's we're not winning this game if we're not – if we're plus two, we're winning this game. If we're and even if we're plus one, we're not. We got to get three turnovers. We have to get three turnovers on, on their offensive side. That's really going to be another key in and this I game. Don't, let me see. I don't have the box score here, but I think they only had the one turnover. Just the interception. That's the only thing they had. Yeah, they didn't fumble. They said they had the drops, but I mean, sometimes on a third down, that could be just as good as a turnover. But you know, either way, we're kind of looking too far. So I, I just really. That turnover margin, you know, and the thing obviously we've talked about time of possession. That's going to be a big thing. The number one, even though it's number four, and I've already said number one, tackling. We've got to tackle defensively. That's we another. Missed, we, you know, we there were definitely a couple of tackles that were missed in the in the Arkansas game, but for the most part, I thought I thought we did, did a good job. And not so much just first guy wrapping up, but flying to the ball, gang tackling. You know. This is something that we've seen under Cougar, and it continues to get better with each week, I think. Yeah, you know, I agree. I guys agree. just getting to the ball, and, and again, even if it's not the first guy that brings him down, the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth guy are there to make sure that that guy ain't going any further. So, you know, I definitely agree with you. Tackling's a big thing. Turnovers are definitely going to be a big thing. And I, I'm not so much in the mindset that I think we're going to be able to go toe-to-toe with this team. I think so, too. If, if, if we just, you know, mistakes or not even cut down continue to not make those mistakes like we did penalty wise in week one uh, and and again we just can't commit the stupid turnovers like we did we can't afford to be giving the, this team 7 14 21 points like we did a week ago we just can't do that so for me it's not so much about being plus two if we are plus two i think we definitely win this I game so but i don't think we have to be plus two to win this game we just can't be minus Two. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing because if our minus two or three, then this game is going to get out of hand really quick. If we can play even, maybe sneak out one, be plus one, I think we've got a real good chance to win this game. I think we'll be able to control this, this clock. We'll be able to keep it lower than they would like, and that gives us automatically a better chance of, of winning this game. So UTEP's offense versus Texas Tech offense, what is your prediction, sir? We're, they're going to throw for 300, 350 yards. That's Period. A given. That's a given. Like there's, there's you're not gonna stop that. And and that's just it is what it is. And we're gonna get beat on one or two plays. So they're gonna score probably thirty to thirty-five points. Our offense again, we have to take care of the football and control the clock. I think we're gonna have no problems moving the ball with with we saw how much trouble and I'm not gonna say trouble, but it, it threw a wrinkle in it. They threw a wrench in the system when 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 uh, Kavika went in there and started running that wildcat. We're just a few plays for Arkansas. Even it took it took them even a few plays to kind of get adjusted. And then they were all over. And then they were all over it. But I'm saying even them, it it took them a little while to kind of figure out what was going on. I don't think Texas Tech will be able to adjust as easily. I agree. And 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 it's and it's thrown in there so much more. Aaron Jones is going to be. First of all, Aaron Jones is going to see a lot more kids. Oh yeah, he's He's going to get probably 25 25 carries. And and so that alone, you're you're banking on 100. I'm going to say 150 yeah, yards. No, you can I'm going to say 150 you can yards. You and if Kavika Johnson can get 10 or 12 carries and get you another 75 yards, you're automatically at 225. I mean, you're talking probably 21 points right there. You're in the game. Yeah. You're in the game. So, so again, got to just take the football, man. I, I mean, offense-wise, we're going to have our opportunities. 
got to take advantage of them. Got to take advantage of them. We cannot get down there into the red zone, move the football against these guys, control the clock, get down there and settle for three. We can't because they're going to answer with seven. And every time you go three and they go seven, you're falling that much further behind, bro. So you, you, you have to take advantage of your opportunities. And, and, and as good as a Wildcat was, let's not forget that. We only gained two yard, ten yards off of it. Eight total and, and um, or ten total and three minus some some type or thirteen total and three and we lost three on that naked boot but I mean we, that's got to be more effective and, and like you said they were able to kind of stop on after a while you knew that that the, the, that the gloves weren't off of Kavika that he was just gonna run it this game like we talked about let him throw it on the not, seven and six. not even so much second and six. and he, and he does have to throw the ball more to keep them off balance when, when he's in there but not only were they able to kind of adjust to it. But we really didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, exactly. We talked about it, how there were a few plays where it was kind of like, am I keeping it? Are you taking it? And, and one guy wanted to take it, and the other guy was holding on to it. And and that kind of stuff, it's got to be more fluid. Yeah. It's got to be more fluid. And and I think that was one of the main reasons why it wasn't more successful against Arkansas. Yes, that was a, a very good defense. Yes, they were able to adjust and quote-unquote tee off on it. But it's got to develop quicker. When you run those types of plays, it's got to – in that split second, in that split second that the defense is off balance going, who's got the ball, you got to be making your move because that one step ahead of them is what allows you to open up, get out into the clearing and get your 5, 8, 10, 15 yards. That, that's where it's made. It, it's not made after the fact by a guy juking and this and that, you know. You, you, it's made – it's a quick play. It's got to be a quick play. It's got to be fluid. We got to know what we're doing. Both guys have to be on the same page, and that in and of itself will open things up. I agree. That's that's what's got to get clean. Watch that defensive end. Well, where's his move? Where's exactly. his, that's probably what they're hitting and on. And if we're on the same all... page, we already know. All right, defensive end is crashing. Hand it. This guy's gone. You know, the defensive end is king on the on the handoff. Boom, keep it. And I'm, you know, whatever it is. And, and you've got to. They have to be on the same page. And that transition, you've got to be real quick. That'll open things up. Yeah, and it's going to go tendencies, too. You, I'm pretty sure that, you know, Texas Tech is going to show their hand at a couple of things, especially because they struggled stopping the run last week. They struggled with their defense. So maybe a couple of things we could, Kavika could do pre-snap, but really excited. My prediction of it, I got to agree with you. For us to win this game, it's got to be in the 30s. I think we can run the ball and score on big play. If it's going to be 40s, we got to have big plays. And I think even at that, to win this game, we need to have one or two big plays that can take that crowd out that can kind of, you know, I don't look at a team, a coach team, even though they did come back and, and they beat us last year in a, in a close game, I just don't see that mental toughness. I think that's a big advantage for UTEP. If they get down, you know, if we're able to put pressure, I think our mental toughness can come through in the clutch right there. This team is, UTEP is bred off it. I just don't see that out of a Cliff Kingsbury team as yet. Now, I could be in for a world surprise on Saturday, yeah. but at the same time, I think that's a big advantage. So just so many things. Things got to go right for the miners, but I think this team has shown under Cougar with this particular core that they can do it on the road. It's a different story. We'll find out on Saturday. No doubt about it. And I, and I will say that I was the only one of the three that chose the miners this weekend. I may be a big time homer, but I honestly do think that we're going to match up pretty well with these guys. Again, Texas Tech is going to get their own. We're not going to hold them to seven points. You know, we're not going to shut them down, but I think, the the fact that we can take advantage of them on offense and control the the possession, I think we're gonna keep. I think we're gonna stay in the game, and if we just cut down on those mistakes, not make the mistakes that we did against against Arkansas with you know giving them the ball into the five yard line and whatnot, this is gonna be a close game down the stretch. And I think this team, like you just said, 
Kugler has them ready for this. Kugler has this team mentally tough. That's something that we have not seen out of UTEP teams in a long time, if ever. You know, that mental toughness, that ability to just kind of grind it out and get it done at the end of the game. And this, we're still early in the season. We need more credit. I don't, but I do think that if this comes down to a close game, like last year, where we had that opportunity late in the game, I think this team capitalizes on it. I really do. I really do. And I asked, somebody asked, uh, Cooler about it if he remembers last year, and he kind of like. Of course, he remembers. The player, last year. He's like, he's like the players remember about it, and that's really because it tells him right there, like, look, these guys understand what happened. Yeah. You know, they're they're not gonna let that happen again. Now, whether it does happen again or not, they're gonna go down fighting even harder, and that's all you can really ask, especially early in the year and these out of conference play. Just how hard are you guys playing? How hard do they want it? You know, you, perfect example. I hate to rag on UTSA, but you know, early years no, there, there was a. <laughs> you know, they had some really good games, you know, really good games where they were in it. They showed, hey, yeah. they could be that. And then there was that UTEP debacle where I just think everything just went down for them, went downhill. That is something that you just don't want to see that late in the season. And we're not see, we didn't see that in game one. I don't think we're going to see that yeah. in game two. And that's really where this program is changing, that mental aspect of it. And really, that, like I said, I think that's an advantage along with the run game. But still, it, you, like you said, Texas is going to get theirs. Got to make those plays. Got to play spoiler. Got to hit somebody in the mouth. Should be an interesting game. Another 1 p.m. kickoff. Is this one Fox? Fox Sports Network. I don't know. It, it, it's it's on, on the regional. Fox. It's on the regional. Yeah, okay. it's on the regional. I'm, I'm looking Fox. here on ESPN. It says Fox. I'm yeah, it's on the regional one. So check your check your local listing. 1 p.m. Mountain Time. Kickoff. I know for sure and it'll be. I thought it was on Fox Sports One. That's what I had yeah, seen it on. But um, it'll be. Just check your guide if you have all the sports channels on. Uh, on the TV, it'll definitely be on. It should be on there already. Because should, I have it should be a good team. game. should be better than it was a week ago. But I want to kind of use that and transition into the uh, Conference USA Power Rankings because I was in, I was, I, I wasn't surprised, but I was, I didn't expect the Miners to be up. To, uh, you just want to see how everybody reacted to a, a week one of actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing because, you know, you can There's do so many season rankings and, and you can say – you know, I think this team is this good and whatnot, but really, you don't know anything until they go out there and play. Yeah. And and we found out about it. We'll, we'll get to UTEP in a second. I wonder what your thoughts on that were, but let, let's let's kick it off. I think Marshall, first of all, put themselves in a hole, had a couple touchdowns, uh, big big one return. Well, both, two returns for touchdowns, <laughs> two interceptions returned for touchdowns to come back and win that game. But just the showing to be able to do that against Purdue. Um, I think that was a big win. So a little solidified in the in the conference. Oh yeah, and, and just a little before we jump into Marshall, Sean Coogler's son is a beast at center. I was watching him specifically. Oh, she, she was here. Oh my God, dude! He, his technique, his arms, the way that he punches, his footwork. I mean, bro, he's been coming up under uh, his dad is an NFL and and he and he could be an NFL offensive lineman. But what I saw was impressive, man, because Marshall is no slouch up front. They have some monsters. And then that kid, uh, Taekwon Long, with the two INTs. I mean, you talk about mental toughness. This team has it. And that quarterback, I think he's going to be all right. He's maybe not a – there was a couple of throws. I was thinking, damn, Rakeem Cato nailed yeah. that and he scored. But this guy is going to get better. And with a guy like Devin Johnson, we, we talked about it last week. I just don't see anybody knocking off Marshall. The, the, our number kind of tries to our number two team. If, if Western Kentucky played the way that they played against Vanderbilt, they, they get wiped off the field. Yeah. You know, it, so that's really the difference right now. You know, I, 
you, who did you go your number one summer oh, to? Oh, Marshall. You went Marshall, Marshall West, West Kentucky. Kentucky. You know that about it. Yeah. And, and I still, I mean, I, I'm not going to give West Kentucky a free pass, but I still think, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm not going to start dropping them for winning at Vanderbilt. You, and it's fair. It's I, fair. I, I dropped them because I thought they could have won that game. Let me ask you something. Points. Did you drop UTEP? No. Or did I? I think I dropped. You know what? I dropped UTEP because of FIU. So, so basically, you know, UTEP gets gets mopped on the floor, and you don't drop them. But Western Kentucky still wins. But, still wins an ugly one. But you see, the re- see let me finish. See, La, Tech, Homer, La, Tech, La Tech, our number three team that checked in. I had La Tech number two. I would now it was Southern. Southern is probably the you know no shade on them, but they're not. They're probably the worst team that I've ever seen because they had 52 points to put on them. But I was impressed with Jeff Driscoll. I was impressed with as many receivers. I was impressed with their defense already. I mean, La Tech well, is good, and La Tech is the second best team in the conference okay? last week. West Kentucky is two, La Tech is three in these rankings, right? I had that same order. Now, actually, if I'm not mistaken, I still kept Rice at three. Mm-hmm. I still kept Rice at three. You know, Rice took <clears throat> What's that? Took a fall with, with even with the win. Yeah, they came down. To, they came down to fifth. But I mean, they took care of, of Wagner just as much as as Louisiana Tech took care of Southern. Yeah. But either way, going back number two and three, Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech, they play this weekend. So, so so that's an early big time conference matchup. Western Kentucky's got them home, so that's a little bit of an Who's edge favorite? there. Um, uh, Louisiana Tech is one and a half. Uh, that's going to be a very, very good game right there, and that that'll that'll tell us everything we need yep. to know, man. That'll tell us everything we need to know about those two teams. Western Kentucky's tough at home, but I, I just was so impressed with Driscoll and and the weapons that they have, and offense is just it's ridiculous, man. I just, Middle Tennessee comes in at number four, one and zero, come off of a seventy to fourteen just to watch them, throttling of Jackson State. But again, how much credit can you possibly give these teams when they're beating? Southern, when they're beating Jackson State, when they're beating Wagner. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can put up 56 points, 70 points, and, you, and you're and you putting up 500, 600 yards of offense. That's a very good thing, no matter who you're doing it against. But I don't know how much credit you can give these teams just yet. Middle Tennessee is going to have their hands full this weekend with Alabama, number three. Uh, I'm, that's on the road, of course. I was going to say, I'm assuming, but that's definitely on the road. Yeah, I mean, they have a really good – we talked about their defense last week, but, I mean, this that's another one where you hope you, your front-line guys don't get hurt because it's a long year, long, long year, and that East Division looks very, very, very competitive over there with Western Kentucky and Marshall. So This will be a real interesting one. Moving on to number five, we mentioned it just a second ago. Rice took a tumble down. Are you going to call the upset? Or number three? No, I'm not going to call the upset. But I'll say this. I was very shocked. Very shocked at how bad Texas looked against Notre Dame. I wasn't. I knew. I, 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 mean, I, 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 I really, really did not see that coming. Did I? Did I think they were going to win the game? No. But I definitely did not see them getting beat four, two to three or whatever. Shut out, game. basically. Was, was it shut? No, they, nah, they got a field goal. But to me, it was a shutout. Dreyfus Jackson looked really good again. It was I saw against. little bits and pieces of, of their game. I think it was like the third quarter when it was already done, but. He did look good. Man. Again, again, it was against Wagner. So again, I don't know how much credit you can give these teams, but they're gonna have an opportunity. I'm not gonna say they're gonna win, but they're gonna have an opportunity to win this game yeah. this weekend. If, if Rice is as good as we think they are, which I still think they're, they're one of the top three teams in the league. Agreed, agreed. If they are, they're gonna have an opportunity to win this game this weekend. Yeah. FIU. Sorry. Go ahead. Let me nah, get your comments. I, I just, just want to say that's the game that I'm really gonna watch on Sunday. 
won't be able to watch games on Saturday, but that's a game I'm going to watch begin the end because that could really tell a lot about Rice's rebuilding defense. And that could be a big win for the conference, too, how the conference is. Even though Texas is down. Or and, 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 and the conference like had a decent showing last week, so why not? FIU comes in at number six. That was a very big win for them at UCF. I don't even know much about UCF. You Normally, they're pretty decent. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're looking like this year, but either way, to hold them to just 14 points on the road, that's a big one for them. They've got another tough test coming up at Indiana, but just to start the season off 1-0, and and I don't know if anybody expected that. I think people expected it to be a close that. game. I don't know if they expected them to win the game. Um, that That's a big win for them, and I completely agree with FIU coming in at number six. Yeah, the defense, man, they're de- they got some playmakers on defense. It's not like last year it was kind of a unit in just making turnovers. This year that defensive end is nasty. They're, they're, I don't know if he's a corner or a safety. He's nasty. You know, uh, so those two guys right there are really they're gonna have the game plan, and that's a big game. I mean, I you know it's barely the second game of the year, but that's a big game, and FIU is gonna become, a, which I feel that they can with that defense. If they're gonna become a factor in the East, watch out for this game against Indiana. UTEP checks in at number seven, and for me, that's a bit high. Um, and it's not so much because I was disappointed in their showing or or that they were so bad, but more for what other teams did. Um, I think I had t- UTIP at either 9 or 10, if I'm not mistaken. Southern Miss deserves a yeah. lot more respect than <laughs> I'm real, 10. I'll say that. I'm real surprised. If I'm not mistaken, Miss. I had Southern Miss 7. I think I had Southern Miss 8 behind UTIP. I had UTIP at 7. I had, I had, in fact, I did have UTIP at 10 because I had FAU, Southern Miss, and UTSA all ahead of UTIP. So you can't call me a homer this week. I will say this much. Again, it's not so much for what UTEP didn't do because they, they obviously they lost 48 13. They, they looked bad at times, but they looked good at times. And it wasn't so much about what they did or didn't do, it was more about what other teams did. Checking in at number eight, UTSA, they were in that game almost to the end. I mean, it did seem like every time UTSA would get within a score, or I think it was like, what, a one- or two-point game at halftime, right? Yeah, Something it was like 21 that. Every time Utah would come that close, Arizona would score a couple of times and get it back out to 14. So that was there. Or you know, they would miss a field goal. I didn't <laughs> even see that. But, you know, there was about three three times that Arizona, you know, UTSA got close and Arizona would open it up again, you know. And so it wasn't ever necessarily in real danger for Arizona. But either way, you got to get for what UTSA is overcoming with all those seniors lost for them to go out there on the road, first game, top 25 teams, Pac 12, and be able to hang like they did. You got to give them credit. And I personally put them ahead. I, I think I might have had them in eighth, but I was ahead of, of UTEP. I'm, I'm still not out. I mean, it was a great showing, no doubt about it. I mean, you had a tw- number 22 team on the road, on the ropes, basically. But I mean, there's still a lot that we don't know about this team. No you know, doubt about it. I mean, you're going up against a three-man front the quarterback really didn't see that much pressure you know they, they were they were down a, a big time two slot receivers Griffey and Samaj Grant was Arizona so this week against Kansas State looking at this game uh you know reading Jared shout out to Jared if you're listening man Kansas State's missing a couple of key guys that's kind of a scary game for Kansas State to try to go in there minus the quarterback minus their all-conference safety and UTSA's offense is improved with that quarterback yeah. but the thing is is now I want to see what are they going to do against a four-man front and against a real defensive line that's going to have some hogs up there, going to have some speed? How is their rebuilt offensive line going to have? Because they did look good on offense. They were probably the most efficient team in America last week offense as far as maybe not yards per play, but as far as doing what they wanted to do, they were really efficient. So the jury's still out on them. It's going to be a big chance that it's cool that they have that home field advantage because that could be an upset. And they've got the chance to prove yeah. that that first game wasn't just a fluke. Yeah, then, then that, that's what I want to look 
look at visa. Like, I feel that it was a fluke. But if they come out there and they even hang with Kansas State, watch out, Conference yeah, USA. These guys with their offense are going to be right in definitely. there. Definitely. Old Dominion comes in at number nine, up a spot for number 10. They opened up with a win, 38-34 at Eastern Michigan. I'm just – I'm not so sure how much credit you can give this team for beating Eastern Michigan. I mean, I think most people expected Old Dominion to be near the bottom of the league and they open up with a win. But is that really – Something that that can bump you up in the rankings these days. I mean, I I don't remember what I had them, but I think they were ten last week, and I probably had them. I have, I think I did have them. You know, the only reason why I did have them over UTSA is because their running back went off. He had like two hundred twenty-eight yards or something like that. So, and that's a guy that last year was impressive, Ray Lowry. So that's kind of where I, I kind of moved more because it's a, it's a known for yeah. me. I did, like I said, I was still out. You know, like I talked about UTSA, the jury's still out. But with that running back and their quarterback that's replacing Heineke, he's not the prolific guy. He's a manageable guy, mm-hmm. but he's not that prolific passing, just like you mentioned last week. So if, if Lowry can kind of have that repeat, you know, obviously they're playing who, uh, Norfolk State or whatever. If, if he can have that repeat performance and this and they can kind of show that they have some type of defense, because landing up to 34 points on Eastern Michigan, even on the road, yeah, it's kind of iffy where yeah. you at defensively, but that Ray Lowry kid is something special, and that they can hang their hat on to keep themselves in the middle in the middle of the pack. And they open up their home slate against Norfolk State this week, so they'll definitely have a chance to move to 2-0. This comes in at number 10, down wow. two spots from that was number 8, and game that to watch, me was is, is not, it's not right. Southern Miss looked actually much better than I thought they would they were going to look, and Dak Prescott is still a very good quarterback out there at Mississippi State. They may not be the team they were last year, but to hang with that team for four quarters, it was a one-possession game into the fourth yeah. quarter. And, and to hang with them like they did, and you, they make one or two plays, and that's an upset right there. And it didn't go their way. But to me, that showing was enough to move them up, in my opinion, not down. But they did move down two spots. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're they're going to put it on Austin P. I I talked about how exciting their offense is going to be. Well, their defense ain't that bad. They got no, some athletes not. back they, there, too. They're very good. FAU comes in at number 11, and another team that, for me, I mean, last week they might have been a little overranked, you could say. This week, I don't know how you move them down. Yeah. They lost an OT at Tulsa. Tulsa's expected to be pretty decent this year, if I'm not mistaken. 47-44 out there. The defense, again, questionable, but to me, when you go on the road, it's not a you know, Power 5 conference, but you go on the road, team like Tulsa yeah. has always been a decent program. You know, you hang in there and you lose in overtime. To me, that, that's that's enough to, to stay at least in that 7-8 range where you were. I don't know about dropping down to 11, but that's what the voters And they have one of my favorite CSA players, Jaquez Johnson, that quarterback, or Jaquez Johnson, that quarterback. That kid's a baller, man. He looks bigger. He looks like he looks like a running back. So that's going to be a, a team that, again, I think the East is, is pretty stacked out. And if, if, if UTSA is for real, then I think that top three with, with us, LaTeX and uh, Rice mixed with UTSA. That's going to be tough. So, definitely. The surprise of the week, number 12, the night. Congratulations. Big win. And I put them 0-1. Oh, my bad. Win 23-20 at Georgia State. And they got Presbyterian this week, a chance to move to 2-0. But that was definitely a win that I don't think most people saw. I didn't see it. Georgia State. I don't don't know if I can say look out for Charlotte yet. But, but, I mean, that's that's a good way to start off their Division One. You know, life, if you want to call it that. I was kind of following that game. It was kind of ugly. I'm sure it, it was. was I'm sure it was. But you're playing in your first Division One game or That's first a, FBS game. You know, you'll take that. that. You'll take that. Especially in the Georgia zone. North Texas comes in at number 13. They were on, on a bye week. Uh, they got 
SMU this weekend, and and that's going to be a tough game for them because SMU isn't in great shape. But I saw them against Baylor, and they actually looked they pretty hung, decent they for hung, a They put, while. A you know, they put up twenty one early. Baylor pulled away late, but regardless, I mean, you know, they they they're going to have a chance to put up some points against North Texas. They're going to be a tough game for them. Real interested to see how they come out for sure. But let's go just real quick. Uh, kind of the big. We'll kind of end our football talk here. There was a tweet sent out by one Matt Wilms, oh, who right. is uh, was presumed to be out for the season. Now, I had interviewed Matt. Ah, when did we interview McSwiggin? It was either McSwiggin or, or Broderick Jones. And uh, Matt was there, and we interviewed him. And he basically said that he was going to go through the surgery process, and he wasn't expected back till about late February. So at that point, I'm thinking, well, he's still done for the season. Well, I think over the weekend, Sunday, Monday, um, he tweeted out that he's been cleared, um, you know, and we didn't really pick up on it. We didn't really talk about it. I wanted to find the fact. We, we got a couple of sources that said that he may have jumped the gun just a little bit on that. Um, you know, he may have been cleared for certain activities um, that, you know, that I, this is kind of a guess on my part where he may be cleared on certain activities, but I don't, I, I don't, he's not a hundred percent clear in, in the fact that you're going to see him line up that first game of the season. So it's kind of a iffy situation. It's kind of an unknown. We probably won't know until we talk to Floyd in the first practice of the season. But just kind of want to put that out there. I know you guys have been asking on a couple of threads. So it's partially where he's cleared for certain activities. But I don't know about game. I don't know about the first game of the season. We'll know. But kind of just kind of hold back on Matt Williams coming back. So those injuries are always yeah, tough to come tough, back man. from, man, especially for those big men. Those foot injuries, they tend to linger. And, and the last thing you want to do is rush him back. Yeah. You know, I know he's been out for a while. He's been off of his feet for a while. But that's the last thing you want to do is rush him back. So we got two years with the guy. Yeah. He, he's got to be 100% before you bring him back because times out of 10, what ends up happening, you come back too early and you're right back off, you know, yeah. weeks in. So that's definitely something we don't want to happen. But either way, good news to see that he's been cleared for, for whatever activity yeah. it is, you know, because yeah. obviously this is sooner than we, than we expected. So there's a little mini scoop that we have on that. I didn't really – I mean, injuries, when it comes to stuff like that, if I don't have a concrete statement from Floyd, I'm not going to run anything on the rush and, and kind of just throw out a rumor. That's not where we're in the business here. We want to get the facts. want to let y'all know. So that's why we're – if you didn't see us post anything or, or talk about that, just because we're trying to find out what's going on. So it's it's 50-50, but there is debt behind them, definitely debt behind them that we can kind of get through – that early portion of the schedule before we really need them before they go to Corpus. But either way, we still got a whole month. We definitely we'll probably touch some some on some more basketball next week. Yep. Um, we'll definitely try to squeeze that in because it is getting closer. Practice will be – I did practice will be sometime during that first week of October. And, of course, the boss is listening now. We'll be calling in that day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, before we go, prediction. What do you got? You know – they're going to publish I, – I did. I knocked out the Q&A with the Texas Tech. I was real quick. And I picked Texas Tech to win. But the more I've looked at it, the more we've talked about it now, I, I, I'm thinking this is this is it right here. I could be wrong. I could This could be the homer in me just wanting it. But I think this could finally be that win because I really think Cougar is going to come out with the attitude like, you know what, we're the tougher team. We're the, we're the stronger team. We – we're more mentally, we're not as flashy. We're going to go in there and get the job done. I think these kids are buying into that. Yeah. And I think it's going to be in the 30s. I think everything that we've talked about, I think we're going to get three turnovers. I'm, call me crazy. I never put these type of predictions out there. I think finally, for the first time on the road, things are going to go. You 
because they've been working so hard because I see the determination in these kids. So win or loss, you know, unless you just shut it down and get blown out 55 nothing, I just can't be mad at this team because I've seen how hard they work. And I think this will be that finally, and when I asked Cougar about it, he brushed it off like always. This could be that signature one. I really, really feel that it could be. I definitely agree, man. And and that's what I put in, in you know, that preseason prediction we did two weeks ago. But it just seems like this is just finally that time. And something tells me that Cougar is going to get it done, man. If we've been on this on this hump forever and we haven't been able to get over it as as a program, uh, I don't know how long it's been since we've beaten a, a t- power five program, but ever. What was sixty seven? Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it was. <laughs> I think it was a hobby that wrote, the, was it a hobby that wrote a big old write up. Yeah, year? I think it was that bowl game. Right? Yeah, it was on Miss, right? Seven, the last bowl win, basically. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I just think I think it's time, man. I think it's time we get over this hump. I think we're gonna match up well. I think we're going to be able to control the clock. I think we're going to keep it in the third day. I think we're going to sneak it out. I think it's either going to be like 31-28 or 34-31 or something like that, but I think we're going to be able to come up with one. One thing we can talk about at all, Jay Maddox was pretty damn good at kicking, too. Yeah. So there's another weapon. Even though we would love to get six instead of three, that's going to be another key when you get up that red zone, but that's not a bad weapon to have. So it's going to be cool. We're going to be, I'll be out there. You know, Rep Rush will have videos, selfies, all that type of stuff. Remember, man. no photos, so, no, no, what was it? No selfie sticks. No selfie sticks. Oh, that sticks. was at Arkansas. Was, uh, we'll see how, we'll, we'll see if I can sneak a selfie yeah, stick. Yeah, don't, don't get caught and kicked out with all your right, selfie sticks. Right? Kicked out the press box for a selfie <laughs> stick. <laughs> but we'll be up there, hit us up, you, whatever y'all want to see. Uh, y'all want to ask a question at the game, tweet at us, get at us. You know, I'm always working the, the, the comment thread. Anthony's always on there, too. So just hit us up, man. We'll try to bring out the best coverage that we can. The first game, I'm kind of nervous. It's the first live game of the year. You know, I'll be a little jittery, you know, get it up, get all the get all the typos out and all that on the Twitter machine. But it's all good, man. This is we've been waiting for this one time. Shout out, shout out, shout out. Well, there you have it. Another good episode in the books. Y'all know how to find us, minorrush.com. Twitter is at SBN Minor Rush. Facebook is Facebook.com. Ooh, and UTEP soccer just beat New Mexico State three to one. And I- I'm no soccer guy, but anytime nice. we could beat that JUCO, that's what's up. SBN Minor Rush at gmail.com and everywhere else that you can find. It's been a good show, and we're out.